Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. The jazz session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. The jazz session is also available for free at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. Today's guest is saxophonist Benny Reed. This is the first of three interviews all this week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, that were recorded at the Tanglewood Jazz Festival this uh, past Labor Day weekend, 2009. It's Benny Reed today, and on Wednesday, harpist Edmar Castaneda, and on Friday, saxophonist and clarinetist Paquito de Rivera. And then there are more Tanglewood Jazz Fest shows that uh, you'll hear uh, later on, probably, I'm thinking, maybe in the winter or early spring. We'll do uh, another week of Tanglewood interviews. By the way, if you like the music that you hear today, you can get yourself a copy of the album Escaping Shadows by Benny Reed and support this show at the same time by visiting thejazzsession.com. And, uh, you know, every show has its own post. And in the bottom of each post is a link to purchase the record via Amazon. And when you do that, just a little bit of the money comes back and supports the show. So, as I mentioned, Benny's got a new album out. It's called Escaping Shadows. Here's some music from it. is saxophonist Benny Reed, just uh, finished a successful gig uh, in the Jazz Cafe here at the Tanglewood Jazz Fest. Welcome to the Jazz Session. Thank you very much. Have you played uh, here at Tanglewood before? No, this is my first time. I've been here as a kid and always wanted to come back to perform. This is so beautiful. Yeah, it is a pretty amazing yeah. venue. Really well, congratulations. You've got a new album that's uh, dropping in about, uh, what, about seven or eight days as we're sitting yeah. here, I think, right? Yeah, just about. <laughs> and uh, talk a little bit about that. Who's on the record with you? And so um, the new record is Escaping Shadows on Concord, um, and I used my touring band this time around uh, with Kenny Grahowski on the drums, Dan Loomis, whom you interviewed once before on the bass, um, Richard Padron on guitars, Pablo Vergara keyboards, Jeff Taylor on the vocals, and uh, Ryan Fitch on, the drum, on percussion, and myself on alto sax. So I have a large group that is kind of a... A lot of uh, diverse uh, styles and influences are built in. So this new record is um, kind of built upon the last one, Findings, uh, which was two years ago. So does the 
does it, it just make sense given the new music was worked out by this band that they be the people who perform yeah the that's right um my first record had Antonio Sanchez, Aaron Goldberg, Ruben Rogers, great, great guys, but oftentimes busy and playing a lot. I mean, Antonio's in Metheny's band, so it would be hard for me to get them on every gig I play as a developing artist. So uh, naturally, I had to get subs, and which those subs became the working band because we really developed the new music on the road and in rehearsals to where it was very comfortable. We had a bond. So is the composition process for you, is it pretty collaborative, it sounds like? Not really, actually. I write everything. Everything is written, all bass parts, all, you know, most drum parts and, and things. But the th- what, isn't, uh, what is collaborative is when I bring the song in, um, you know, the, the styles or the grooves that I compose are further developed. And Kenny has a long list of influences that I don't have, so he'll bring in a different texture or an idea, and then that becomes the part. So, you know, everyone brings their own sound and style, but the structure is there, the melodies are there, and general ideas are there. I mean, everything's pretty much worked out ahead. that because that's a that is a less common answer to the how do you compose music question mm-hmm. than most people give when I ask that question um, it sounds like yours there's a lot more kind of through composition and uh, kind of forethought in that's what you're right. doing talk a little bit about why you've chosen to go that way yeah I mean I, I'm a through composed composer generally and, and with this particular project and for me I serve the music in the composition first and uh, we always play, all the musicians in the group play to the composition. So it takes me a long time to sit down and like figure out beginning, middle, end to the song and, and all that in between interludes and things. Um, and, you know, it could take a month to write a song. Or in, in this case, I have a song called Five Years Later. I started it five years ago. <laughs> a single riff kind of influenced by like a Brian Blade Fellowship album. And then... I tried to finish the song and I kind of got stuck and then just uh, last year I brought it back out and with my, you know, 
different influences over those years. I kind of came up with the, the middle <laughs> section and, and took it further. So, Now, how does that play out on stage when, uh, when there's so much structure? How do you allow for the more improvisatory live setting? Sure. Um, improvisation is always an element of the song. It's one of the main elements, and that's what makes it jazz. Um, so the souls are built in strategically in each song. And, of course, you can take liberties with the melodies. I mean, it's not strict like a classical piece. But generally, um, everyone has the vibe and the intent of the song beforehand. So there's, there's wiggle room, of course, but the solo sections are whatever we feel at that moment. You know, They're somewhat structured because there's a sure end to it. It's not like, hey, I'm blown over a standard and I could go for 12 courses. No, it's like, okay, two times through this section. But within that, it's your freedom. Would it be fair to say that, uh, and I, I don't say this at all to pigeonhole you or to say you're derivative, but to say that you are a fan of the sound of Pat Metheny? Because uh, <laughs> it certainly sounds to me like you are. So. That's right, yeah. Well, Pat is probably my biggest influence, and... You know, I'm I'm a huge fan of his his compositions. Him and Lyle both. Um, but it's interesting how that came about because I didn't discover Pat really until I was 20. I was in college in Indiana, and I was, you know, I checked out a record of his. I think it was Still Life, and I was like, "Holy crap, this is unbelievable!" And it just hit me like a, a tank. And I, after thinking about it, I realized that my father was probably the world's biggest fan of Pat's. And um, when I was an infant, he always used to carry us around in his arms and dancing us to his music. So, and this was throughout my childhood, I think, you know, Last Train Home and these songs that are epic. And I never really bought an album of his until college. And I was like, wow, this, and it brought back all these memories and emotions that, you know, I can't explain why I love it so much. But it triggered something in me, probably reminiscing about my childhood. And I wanted to go on that path, but somehow figure out how to have my own bent on it. But I wanted to take that intent, serving the musical composition and having layers of instruments and extreme beautiful melodies. And not so much worrying about, you know, the typical... Um, jazz structure that like hey i gotta be a virtuoso just going nuts playing you know because right. um, i that's what i practiced all through my childhood i mean i don't practice pat metheny things i, I practice bird and playing the blues and all the harmony alterations and everything else every day so i was like how can i implement a, a different way of playing with a more melodic structure
should point out that uh, <clears throat> we're not like in one of our cars listening <laughs> to the radio. That behind us, uh, Paquita de Rivera has begun. So uh, we'll we'll hear a little of that in the background. And hard that, to concentrate. Yes, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. As, as we're both kind of trending down the hill here. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that has struck me about uh, Pat Metheny's music, and I really found the same thing to be true on your new record, Escaping Shadows, is his music, and I think it's a lot of it is due to the insertion of the human voice the way he does, has a, has a very kind of humanizing element. I mean, it really, uh, because the voice I think is so primal, it seems to be, he can put over more complex ideas with the tonal palette that he uses, the mm. kind of sonic palette. And I, I felt like the same was maybe somewhat true for you. Is that a fair characterization? Of- well, yeah, thank you if that was the case. I, w- I would say that that was definitely the goal because um, Pat's songs, even though they sound simple and they're accessible, and I like to say similar to mine, um, it's very deep. I mean, there's a ton of intricate uh, harmony going on and all kinds of different instruments at the same time and patterns and parts. I mean, so the voice helps that, it's particularly when the voice enters in each song. It's, you're, you're, I think your ear gravitates to that because it's such an, a lush sound. And, yeah, you feel like you're floating. But underneath, most people don't realize what, what's happening. That makes this, you know, dual kind of sound go on. It's, it's very... Um, it's very deep. How is it that uh, how is it that your first record had the guys that it had on it, and how is it that you're now also still with a a major label? I mean, in this day and age, it seems like those things are few and far between. Sure. Well, luck. Well, as far as having those great musicians, uh, I'm I was friendly with all of them, and Aaron Goldberg helped me hook up the band because he's friends with Antonio and, and Ruben so we uh, kind of together with Richard who the guitarist uh, was with me since the beginning pretty much we all got together and decided I mean I, I had a really kind of like a business plan like here I'm, I want to do my record my music is ready and I want these guys to do it and we were friendly I knew them somewhat and uh, we went in the studio and then I sent it over to Concord and by luck, they listened to it, and they thought it was something by Matheny. They didn't—they didn't even really know it, it was—it was an unknown artist, you know. And uh, from there, that's what happened. So I have a lot of people that believe in me at the label, and I'm very structured in in what I do to try to maintain a good standing and and new music that's worth seeing. Yeah, talk a little bit about that because, uh, I mean, it's no secret that the business end of jazz is both incredibly important and often really neglected. Is that something that you've tried to focus on? Well, I think I learned how to focus on it because when you're in college, um, no one talks to you about, well, how do you go get a gig? How do you talk to a record label? Um, How do you meet sidemen and run a band you know how do you just and i'm always learning like personal skills and how to uh handle the business because it's very difficult it's another animal from playing all together but you know i mean it's a constant work in progress but my personality is is very structured and i realize that without focusing a lot of energy on the business side your music is 
risks going nowhere, you know, because you have to somewhat play the game, you know, and push yourself in different ways. Then it's very unnatural because I'm a musician. I don't want to, you know, be on the phone with, with all people and dealing with club owners and this and that. I mean, I want to just sit and write music and play, but it's impossible, especially now because jazz is, is it's such a niche that if you don't kind of go and try to make your own stamp, you're just going to be swallowed up, you know. And how do you fight uh, how do you fight the urge to let the business end of things take over? How do you keep true to the artistic? I side? don't know, cuz I'm dealing with that all the time, you know. It's it's um, especially now with like the the intense amount of focus you need to have on your own kind of self-marketing um, with websites, there's how many websites now that you have to build yourself? Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, I like uh, your your own website, BennyReed.com. It's like it's crazy. You know, every day I'm like maybe an hour on the, just making sure I look professional because you never know who's going to gravitate there, and you have to be ready. So there's always lapses like where I'll <clears throat> I'll not work on the websites for a while or you know, contact manager, and then later on I have to do double. As far as dealing with the business, I mean, that's what's, we'll see what happens, because it's, it's another stress that you have to deal with. Um, but it gets to you sometimes, you know, so it just comes with uh, the turf. I ask this question to everybody who releases albums full of original music, um, which always strikes me as both a good and daring choice. Why did you decide to go in that direction? That's just what I heard. I didn't make a business plan to say, okay, I'm going to do my own music and then push it out there and neglect you know, the typical jazz standards and, and blowing stuff. I just, it was so, it was like so burning in me where... I, this was my vision it became very intense i really really believe in you know what i'm doing compositionally that it became my love you know and uh, i feel like in order to move forward and that's what kind of jazz is about creating your own stamp and of course honoring the tradition but constantly trying to achieve something unique something new and that's just naturally where I went. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't... I mean, every day I, I practice new standards and, and how to blow over regular tunes and, and transcribe Charlie Parkinson. He did uh, all kinds of guys, you know. But as far as the composition, I think that's a lot of times overlooked to really develop your own concept. My guest is Benny Reed. The new album is Escaping Shadows on the Concord Record label. And uh, congratulations on all your success, and I wish you a lot more. Thank you so much. Thanks, Benny.
That's Benny Reed from his album Escaping Shadows. You've been listening to The Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of The Jazz Session is also available for free at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. There's an email mailing list for this show, which is a great way to win free music and stay in touch with what's happening on The Jazz Session. If you visit thejazzsession.com, you can click on the mailing list link and sign up. You get one email a week every Monday. There's also a Facebook group for the show. Uh, Just go to Facebook's search bar and type in The Jazz Session and you'll find it. And it's the same deal there. You get one email each Monday via the group. And I also post a link to every show up in the group, so if you check the group page, uh, you'll always find direct links to each program. The theme music for this program was written and performed by the Respect Sextet online at respectsextet.com. They're doing a lot of performances these days in and around New York City, so make sure to check out respectsextet.com and find out when you can see them. Thanks also to Dave Vrabel, who designed the Jazz Sessions logo. This program is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States license. Thanks so much for being here. Please remember to support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session.